Welcome to the Realizing Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Christensen. This is where we dive in each week to chat about parenting, education, and realizing our children's genius. I'm an educator with a background in individualizing learning, and I'm obsessed with helping people find and nurture that genius in their children and themselves. Let's dive in. Hi, geniuses. Today I have William DeMille with me, and he is from the Georgics Revolution. That's your business name. Okay, William, I know you from LEMI, Leadership Education Mentoring Institute, where they have the Georgics Project. And I, I just love that project because of all of the principles it teaches. But most people don't know what Georgics is. So real briefly, can you tell me what Georgics covers? Yeah, Georgics covers the entire idea of having the basics of life so that we can pursue better things. So food, water, clothing, shelter. How do we produce those things and how do we get those things? And in the pursuit of those things and building businesses around supplying our community with those products, then we become really great people. And the ancient Greeks said we become a good citizen. Right. Now, Georgics, I mean, Georgics was first used as a word just a long time ago, but who was it? Virgil that wrote Georgics? Yeah, the poet Virgil, he was a Roman. And so he invented the word and the entomology of the word is broken up into two parts, geo meaning work, and then auric meaning, I mean, geo meaning earth, auric meaning work. So to work the earth or to be a farmer. Okay. Yeah. But, and there were people writing before Virgil, 700 years before him. Hesiod is our first Georgic writer who talks about the fact that when people partner with the earth and with God, then we create a civilization. Okay. Okay. But Georgics is so much more than that. It's, I mean, I, I, I think that with my audience, there's so many homeschoolers and they don't get to work in the um, fields or anything like that. Most people don't have farms and stuff like that, but this is, this is really important concepts. I mean, so how, how do they teach Georgics to their kids if they don't live on a farm and they aren't working with the earth? Well, you can certainly do a lot of it with literature. Uh, I would say that about half of it is with literature. So let me just make a quick analogy. If you were going to teach painting, like, you know, artwork, and you wanted to paint a picture, to really understand painting, you would want to understand the great uh, painters. You know, you would go back through history and you would you would pick 25 of the great artists. You would look at their artwork. You would read what they wrote. You would listen to what they had to say. And you would really look at their paintings. And then if you never made a painting, your education would be stopped at that point. So when we're talking about Georgics, we can go and we can read all the Georgic literature. We can talk about the great people in the Georgic tradition. We can look at the cultures of the Greeks and the Romans, the Anglo-Saxons, and, and on and on. You know, we can read about the, the great people in the American founding and how them producing the basics of life 
created the good citizen. We can understand all of that from a literature point of view. And then our education is stopped. So if we're going to be, do painting, we paint. And a lot of times we will sit our kids down with paints or crayons or markers and say, here, make a picture. And that's what we do with kids in a homeschool. And then it's later in life when they become familiar with the great painters. Well, Georgics, it's kind of backwards because we will often read the books. We're going to read Little Britches. We're going to read Laddie. We're going to read Anne of Green Gables in our, our home school. And, and then at some point, we do have to go outside and get our hands dirty. So, you know, gardening is a pretty good way because almost any family can have a garden. You know, so that, that's one way that I try to get people to be involved in the Georgic tradition beyond learning about becoming a good citizen. Become a good citizen by growing a piece of food and then giving it to someone who is hungry. That is something that can really help people. Oh, that is that is such a good idea. I love that. I mean, one of the things I love about Georgics is that it really teaches the big picture. You're looking at, you know, where your food comes from. It's you're looking at the the the, the ground and making the ground better. You're looking at, you know, even a, a mindset. So often today, what we're taught, even in education, is just fix the problem. Uh, fix what's happening right now we don't go back and look at what the origin of the problem is so it's just like okay spray roundup on everything if you have weeds or throw you know chemical fertilizer on it if you want to do something but so georgics what would we do instead of that yeah so a person who's really well educated in the whole idea of georgics they would become ecologically literate. Now, I, would, I have to confess, this has been a lifetime pursuit for me. When I first created the Georgics Project years ago for Lemmy, I probably was not very ecologically literate at that point. And now I'm still learning things, so I wonder how ecologically literate I am. But when I walk out into the forest or a garden or a field, I can read the surroundings and I know what to do because the, the surroundings, the environment is telling me. So, you know, years ago, I would walk out there and I would just do stuff because I can force Mother Nature to grow food. And if there's a problem, I can fix it. Weeds are a problem. Yeah, I can spray Roundup and it fixes that problem. But I've also killed... A whole bunch of beneficial microbes in the soil with the Roundup. And I didn't know that 10 years ago. And a lot of people didn't know it. 20 years ago, nobody knew it. And so it, a lot of these things are brand new scientific breakthroughs. And so as we stay up on the, the current science, we're able to become more ecologically literate. We're able to make more like more healthy choices with our Georgic work. And anytime we make a healthy choice in the environment, it is a healthy food choice. 
So it, it, it all trickles down to being creating more healthy people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And when we have healthier people, they don't need to do the unhealthy things. I mean, they are doing the unhealthy things. It's just, it just builds that healthy people as in a group means there's more uh, decisions that are being made that are positive for the entire community. And anyway, I just, I totally think that is so important. Too often today, I am finding that kids, even in the homeschooling arena, are just being pushed into like technology, especially with like AI today, which it actually is counterintuitive, but people are saying, oh, you need to learn how to code. You need to do all of this. And so you need to go into this area. And so they are not even exposing them to the Georgics, you know, and the, the foundation of these ideas, the foundation of, of life. And so kids are missing that. One of the things I'm really concerned about in life is that so many of these kids who could be you know, this could be their genius. I mean, I'm all about realizing genius and helping kids realize their genius. And I feel like in a bigger picture, when more people find their genius and are able to realize it by sharing it with the world, it's like puzzle pieces that are all coming together and making the world a better place because it's just more complete because me, everybody's genius is being realized. And so kids are not being exposed to this. I know that you are doing your best. I mean, I love, I love how you are sharing your genius with the world. So I know you've done like Facebook, you're on Facebook. What are some things that you're sharing? How are you sharing things on Facebook? I see you on there all the time. Yeah. So I, I do have a Facebook presence. I, I have a YouTube channel. I have a Patreon subscription. Um, I have a book that I recently published. I have my Georgic schoolroom that I teach. I'm actually doing an online class that I'm preparing that uh, will be rolling out this spring. Uh, so spring of 2024. And I have a newsletter. All this information's on my website. So one thing that I try to do to help everybody, anybody, is every Thursday night, Except for Thanksgiving and three or four other nights throughout the year, if, if I'm traveling, I don't do it those nights. But every Thursday night, I have a Q&A. So it's a question and answer. And so it's just a Zoom call. And I get on and people can ask any gardening question they have. I'm on anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And sometimes I have one or two people. Sometimes I have 10, 15 people. And we can just have a conversation about your garden if you want help gardening. So there's there's a lot of ways that I'm trying to help people to interact, you know, in the in the Georgic tradition. You know, you mentioned students kind of being pushed into certain things, like um, being pushed into technology and, and other other things. You know, parents want their kids to make a good living. Parents want their kids to be able to provide for the family. They want them to be a successful adult and and of course i mean that is what we want and the tradition of the american farm has often been a money losing proposition 
So one of the things that I'm focused on teaching is helping people to understand how to be profitable in agriculture because we need more farmers. We certainly have a farmer shortage and we have we have a food shortage in the fact that we don't have enough nutritious food options. And, you know, people who are really looking for the most healthy food, they don't always have the option to know where to go to find the the really healthy choice. And so parents have kind of steered their kids away from agriculture simply because it wasn't a, a super viable way to make a living. That is starting to change. I'm seeing people all over the country in the United States who are starting ventures, agricultural ventures, and they are making pretty good money. You know, there's there's several people who have YouTube videos out there saying, I'm not a farmer. I don't come from a farming background. I know nothing about it, but I started a business two years ago and I just hit six figures this year. And they're doing it with their garden. I mean, $100,000 with a garden, $100,000 selling pasture-fed meats, $100,000 doing very inventive entrepreneurial ventures with agriculture. So for everybody saying it can't be done, there's people out there doing it. And, you know, in the homeschooling community, it's fantastic because I think there's a lot of kids who were born to be involved in agriculture. But you don't have to be a failure to be in agriculture. You you can be extremely successful monetarily. You can be a, a fantastic community member, looked up to in the community because you're providing people with some of the basic necessities that they really want and need. And there's a lot of people out there who want the healthy food and they have enough money to pay for it. It's a matter of learning entrepreneurial skills, not so much just trying to stay away from farming. You know, the, let's focus on how do you run a business successfully? And then if you feel like you were born to be in agriculture, learn some agriculture and, and marry those two things together and and be the good citizen that the ancient Greeks talked about. Yeah, it's more of that whole, it, it's not just compartmentalized, it's not just going and learning about botany, it's it's seeing the whole picture again, and that's one of the things I know, I, I love about how you teach about Georgics, it's, it's more than just the plants, it's the character issues, it's, it's, the these qualities and mindset behind it in order to be successful so but you're right I, so many people think that farming is not a a viable life for their kids and so they don't open up even that option for their kids and i hope they will because i really feel like homeschoolers just because we have more flexibility in how we educate our kids we can show them that we can help them think outside the box and not just be pigeonholed into to one area. And, you know, it could be that they, they want to marry tech with, you know, all of the agriculture and all of that. And, and they could be very successful in that way. 
So it's not that they have to just go in one direction. We can look at things from the big standpoint, you know, step back and look at how things all interconnect. Yeah, for um, sure. You mentioned marrying tech with agriculture. That needs to happen. Uh, one thing that I do in my Georgic schoolroom class for the people who come in the summertime, I have them make a list of needs that they see in society. And, and you know, and we identify all kinds of stuff. We get a whiteboard out and it's a whole project that we do. You know, what's broken in society that we can fix? And and that's one of the things. There's not enough modern technology being utilized in in agriculture and the i mean it's like a wide open field there's so many things that we could be doing to make people's lives easier and better so that people could be getting you know more nutritious food quicker when they need it who are the people who are sick who are the people who have a specific um, health issue and there's a certain type of food that would help that issue i mean how how are we where are the people doing the research? Where are the apps? Where are the where are the websites? Where are the technology tools to be able to link the people with the food who who need the food? Because food is one of the greatest medicines there is. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's a societal need that we need some young tech person to figure that out. Yeah. Well, hopefully. This will inspire someone to do that or their parents to teach them all of these things and think outside the box and solve that problem. That would be yeah, awesome. Exactly. <laughs> now, I remember, I don't know how long it was ago, but you were you built a greenhouse. Yeah, yeah. So in the in the springtime of 2020. We were all scared that the world was coming to an end because of COVID. I, I kind of say that as a joke. I wasn't scared that the world was coming to an end, but a lot of people treated it that way. Well, I got a call from an old time friend, Jared Sorensen, and he said, can you come and consult with our family on building a greenhouse? And I said, yeah, because that's what I do. And so I came to his ranch and we consulted. And while I, we were standing here on the property, he said, you know, we had talked about the greenhouse and all that stuff. And as kind of an afterthought, he pointed at the house where I'm sitting right now. And he said, we've got this little farmhouse here. Do you know anybody, When once we get this greenhouse built, do you know anybody who could live there and manage the greenhouse and also manage the ranch? So they would need to have some skills to do both. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have thick heads. I said, let me think about that. And finally, about two weeks later, my wife almost slapped me. She didn't physically slap me. She, she might as well have and said, what is wrong with you? Tell him you're going to do that. That is your dream job. And I thought, oh, yeah, you're right. And so <laughs> I moved here. And so I've been here for going on four years now. But I, I moved here and we built the greenhouse and it's partially underground. And so we could call it a Wallapini style solar greenhouse. Wallapini is just the name for an underground greenhouse. And yeah, it's 30 feet wide. It's 130 feet long. It has a 10 foot tall wall on the north side made out of boulders so that it's a solar, it collects the solar heat from the sunshine 
and it has a roof vent on the north wall that's six feet wide the entire length so that in the summertime it doesn't get too hot. Uh, we grow a lot of food in there. It's been feeding 15 to 20 people, approximately 80% of our food for since we got it done. It took me six months to build it. We averaged we averaged 12-hour days. There were a lot of 16-hour days in that project. I built most of it myself. I had some help when we put up the rafters and then putting the, the covering on. We went to the junkyard in Twin Falls, Idaho, because that's pretty, it's one of the closest cities to us. And we just took a trailer up there and bought pipe and brought it down and we fabricated it ourselves. I invented the design myself and it has been working fantastic. There's no heaters, no thermostats, no electricity really. There's no fans for venting. There's no cooling systems. All of those fancy modern things that people put in greenhouses, I chose not to put those in this one because I wanted it to work at the minimal level. So that's how I designed it. And it has been working that way. So it does freeze in the winter, but the boulders work good enough to hold enough heat so that it doesn't freeze hard. So our lowest temperature in there in the last three winters has been 27 degrees, and that's when it was 20 below zero outside. And so 20 below zero outside all night long, and the days were below freezing, so the days were in the 20s. For about a week, we had three nights of 20 below, and the days would get into the 40s in the greenhouse, and the nights only got down to 27, and that was only one night. So that's just barely below freezing because 32 is freezing. So we're only so that's not even considered. It's right on the border of what is considered a hard frost that kills stuff. But it didn't kill anything that I had because in the winter time I grow the appropriate species that can get cold at night. So a lot of lettuce, spinach, things like that, salad greens, carrots. Just so a lot of things that you can eat during the winter. In the summertime, we grow the peppers, tomatoes, cucumbers, and all the warm weather crops. So we still treat it very much like a, a garden that you would have outside, but we have just created a climate in the, on a latitude that's parallel with um, Salt Lake City, uh, and but it's more like we're growing in um, central or southern Arizona in that greenhouse. You know, I mean, in Phoenix, they grow a lot of commercial crops down there. Things like um, lettuce and cabbage. There's a lot of beautiful crops that are grown in the Phoenix area. And that's very much what we have created here. The only difference is we don't have quite as much light. So things do grow a little bit slower for us. But it's been fantastic. And anybody can do this. You know, any family who wants to significantly impact their food supply with nutritious food and year-round food could build something like this on their own property. That's awesome. I I remember just loving, I would like search, oh, does William have something else up about the greenhouse during that time? Because I was just fascinated with how you were building it. Do you have any like YouTube videos on that? Yeah, we actually do. So my wife's YouTube channel has some of those. And my YouTube channel has some. And I'm actually going to build a documentary called Raising a Wallapini. Oh. 
but it might be two years out. But that is coming, and I didn't want to do it too soon because I needed a few years of growing stuff to show the end product. So it's probably a 2025 thing. But yeah, we're going to build that. I have all the footage of building it the day we broke ground with the bulldozer and all the way through to creating it as part of my schoolroom for the the Georgic schoolroom class and students that are here. So all of that will be be in that documentary. Oh, well, I can't wait. We'll we'll have to get you on here again to advertise that because I can't wait to watch it. So that is really awesome. Fun, fun. Okay, well, we are pretty much out of time, but I just want to thank you so much for everything you're doing and how much you inspire families. Because I, I know of families who, who watch your, your videos and have taken your classes, and it's just so inspiring to see how much you are impacting their life in a such a positive way. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Realizing Genius podcast. Head over to realizinggenius.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links and to share your ideas of anyone you would like to have me interview. Have a wonderful week realizing your genius.